Home is your creative canvas, an expression of your unique style. Only Wayfair has everything you need to bring your vision to life. It's the place to shop for everything home, from sofas and beds to dining sets and decor. Wayfair makes it easy with fast and free shipping, even on the big stuff. They'll even help you set it up. Look, I have an eclectic style, but when I go on Wayfair, they've got such a huge selection of items for the home that there are things that fit me and I know others that will fit everybody else. Every style is welcome in the Waberhood. Visit Wayfair.com or get the Wayfair mobile app. That's W-A-Y-F-A-I-R.com. Wayfair. Every style, every home. Food trends come and go, but there's one that never seems to go out of style. The classic chocolate chip cookie. Oh, my favorite. And famous Amos chocolate chip cookies are as classic as it gets, truly. They're made from the original recipe you know and love. I'm talking semi-sweet chocolate chips, a satisfying crunch. All together in a cookie you can't help but eat in one bite. It's everything classic in a cookie. Find famous Amos cookies anywhere you buy your favorite snacks. Hey, I'm Andy Cohen, here with my co-host, John Hill. Hey, John. Hey, girl. Hey, girl. Hey, girl. Girl. Well, we're on in the middle of our summer hiatus, girl, but while we're away, we are looking back on some of our best interviews from the last year on Radio Andy. Guess who's on the show today, John? Oh, my God. Dolly Parton. Nope. Common. Oh, and later, close. the great close. director, Cameron Crowe. This is Andy Cohen's Deep and Shallow. Here he comes. Yes. Wow. Give it to he's me live. Posse. Common. Common. How are you? Great to see you. Have a seat. Uh, Common is a Tony away from being an EGOT. You're a Tony away from being an EGOT. Yeah, I mean... You have to only do broad... I know this is your Broadway debut. It's between Riverside and Crazy. You are getting... Everybody is loving you so much. And first of all, is there a chance that it will be extended? There is a chance that it'll be extended and... I love this play, man. This yeah. play is amazing. I hope people come see it. It's so got so much great energy to it. Um, and I'm just grateful to be a, on Broadway. Andy, I'm on, man, like, you don't understand. That, that was a dream yeah. of mine, to do theater yeah. and to be on Broadway. You've done everything, yet this is your Broadway debut. What does it feel like being on Broadway for you, for the man who has done everything? You have a fucking Oscar, dude. <laughs> what does it feel like being on Broadway? I mean, it's it's a fresh... Look, when I got this role, I, I called my mother, like, I had tears in my eyes. Like, I was that happy because I was going to Broadway. I was doing theater. And I knew it was something that I wanted to do for myself, but I also was like, man, the people that, I, that I'm that i going to invite will be people who have, haven't seen theater before. Right. The people that, like, we have people after the shows say, man, this is my first play I've what, been to. Really? Yeah. Isn't that amazing? That's amazing. And then when yeah. my family came out, a lot of the people, my mother... By the way, brought 198 people to. Are you 198 people? Yes. Your mom has 198 friends. That many more probably. Where Where does she live? Your mom. She lives in Chicago. What's her name? Her name is Mahalia Hines. Doctor Mahalia Hines. Doctor Mahalia Hines. (laughs) And so she brought 198 people. Where did you all go for drinks after the show? We we set up a whole event. It was basically like it was like a. 
uh, uh, evening after. Yeah. Like where? Like in the lobby <laughs> or where did you guys? It, we, we, it was at a hotel. Okay. Uh, yeah, we rented a hotel space. Um, and man, it was just people I've grown up with. My mother's That's friends. Am- they, Were you they- nervous knowing that you had a hundred and eighty nine, a hundred and ninety eight kind of friends of friends? That in was the, the audience? most that, out of any night that we've done, including opening yeah. night, including the first preview. That was it. That was the night I was most nervous. Yeah, that yeah. was it because it's like people that know you so much, and they and it's almost like you are representing them. You and then expectations are there. But what I was saying was that some of them had never been to New York. Wow. Some of them had never been to a play. Wow. And and I one of my best friends like said, "Man, my name is Rashid." He was like, "Rashid, I'm a, I'm going to um I'm going to like start going to plays in Chicago." Really? Right? So I love that aspect of it too, like for me um just being a part of it for myself, but also the fact that we're able to bring in like cuz our our um cast is naturally New York so that means it's multicultural yeah, yeah you know yeah, what I'm saying it's yeah, black yeah. Latino white this is like yeah. all of us together and you don't even think about it it's just natural say in a in a log line what the play is about okay the play is, is about a, a man a father who was formerly a police officer um, was shot by the police and is in a rent control department trying to find his life now because he just lost his wife mm. some months back his son moves in to, the, to the apartment, I'm the son. And his son has some friends and a girlfriend who moves in with them. And it just becomes this world where all these different personalities are trying to find who they are at this time in life. Um, and it's, it's conflict, it's love, yeah. it's, it's good, it's bad. Do you find your performance... I mean, one of the one of the great things that I'm told from friends uh, who, who have worked a lot in theater is that the cool thing about it is that you're sitting in this space in the world of this play every night so you i'm assuming that you're finding your performance evolving every night every night you're going deeper into it yeah well yeah last night one of the our great costume ladies um, on the team i gotta salute them um she she said something to me last night like wow you're getting better every night or right. something she's like you're expanding and getting right. better I was really happy to hear that I because bet. you yeah. know they watching the show like every night yeah. so they actually they don't say much she's never said anything right. else to me right so I mean I mean not anything about my work it's um what are you finding about the theater community because as I keep saying you've done so much. You're the T away. You're an ego right now. You yeah. need the T. But ego. what are you finding? Because the Broadway community is so different yes. than any other part of showbiz. It's like it's totally its own language and yes. its own animal. I guess I'm wondering what surprised you the most about it. Um, the discipline probably surprised me the most. Like the 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 actual work that goes into to this these mm-hmm. productions and it just makes you honor the the Broadway community and the theater community even more because mm-hmm. you see how much work it takes um, how much rehearsal how much tech rehearsal how much you know detail how much goes into the details of every thing that that you see on that stage and so many people doing things behind that it made you know it made me just honor that and just some of the the raw I felt like it took me back to when I was starting as an artist mm. from some of the things like 
um, you know, just sharing dressing rooms and and like having to do certain things on your own. And, right. And, and I never, honestly, since I worked the job, ever had to sign in. Right, when right, you come right. To the theater, right. Like you sign in. It's so, definitely it's de- it's so democratic. Yes. Everyone is an ensemble. It's You're an, an ensemble. ensemble. I, yeah. That's what I love about it. Yeah. though. It's like. I love being, I'm a team, I love, like, I came from playing sports too, so I yeah. love being a part of a team. Yeah. And being a, in an ensemble just makes me feel good, because everybody. And doesn't it make you feel, and this is what I always say to friends um, in the business who live in LA, who are, LA is so, um, you're, it's so easy to get put in a bubble yeah. in LA and surrounded by your people and you only go to your places yeah. and whatever. And what I love about New York City is, you know, I take the subway to and from Sirius, whatever, yeah. I'm out on the street, this and that. I just feel like you, you, it makes you feel alive, alive and like a member of society or in a member of the world in a way that you don't get in a lot of other places. It's no, look. New York is has an electricity to it. It has inspiration. That I I just moved back to New York because I was I was in L. A. for a while and I love L. A. The yeah. sunshine and I'm not dissing dissing no, L. A. Right. But it's like New York has <laughs> New York has so much when it comes to culture, right. to the arts, and just like you said, life, the energy of yeah. it. Um, the only other city I felt that type of energy, but it's New York is the top yeah. is London. London, uh, yeah, London, has, London. L- London has it. Because I like cultures, man. I like yeah. when cultures integrate yeah. and people are around each other and do- it doesn't feel different. To me, that's a reflection of the world. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. so New York is like the world. Yes, it yeah. is. Um, you, How long did you live in L.A.? I lived in L.A. It was back and forth. I lived in L.A. for almost 10 years. I, I still kept my place in Brooklyn because- You did. Yeah, because yeah. I, I, I still need is that, that where balance. you are now? I'm in Brooklyn. You yeah. are, great. Yeah, I'm a Chicago boy all day, but yeah. you know, I, I love playing this New York character, Junior, my character in between Riverside and Crazy. He's he's a New York dude. Yeah, yeah. So. yeah. Um, you, now, do you remember the last time I ran into you? Where were we? No, I don't no. remember where okay. we were. Well, I have to tell you Sparky, because was it's I, was a little I, was, embarrassing. Was I, nice? was I nice or was you nice? No. Oh when no, I, say I was nice, too I nice. No, I was too nice. Yeah, I ran into you at Equinox. Oh, okay. I did not in L.A. Yeah. Okay. Now yeah. I would never think that I'm going to run into Common at Equinox uh, in. West Hollywood. Right. Okay, let me just say that. Okay, like I just, it's just not on my bingo card yeah, when yeah. I'm going to Equinox. Okay, so I run into you, and I, th- I thought you were a buddy of mine that I had not seen in many years, and I was, I think I was like super flirty with you, and you were rolling with it. And then I was like, you were totally rolling with it, I have to say. And then I walked away and I was like, oh my God. And I was working out with a trainer. I go, then I go, is that common? He goes, yeah. And I was like, oh my God. Because I said to you, because this friend was from New York. I go, are you in New York or LA? You go, I'm in LA. You go, well, I'm I'm in LA. And I said something like, you look good in LA or something, but you should come back to New York. You're like, okay. I walked away. Dude, 
thank you for rolling with yeah, it. Yeah. And I am so glad yeah. that you don't remember because now every time I've seen you since, he's winning a tone. He's winning an Oscar. He's doing this. I'm like, I am so embarrassed no, no, no. of that comment. It's okay, all so good. thank you. It was you. all good. All right. I mean, it was okay. all love. I just okay, like, good. okay, cool. Yeah, whatever. I look good in LA. I look good in New York. Yeah, it's fine. It was yes. all love. Okay, good. Yeah. All right. I just had to get that off my yeah. I'm glad. Okay, it was yeah. only in my head. Yeah, okay. but that Equinox, I used to go up there and like, that was, it's funny you talked about LA because it was like, I needed to be around people. Yes, right. You know, so I was like, right. let me, uh, it was almost like, okay, I need to be around some people. So right. I'm working in, it seemed in too common for common to me, <laughs> if I can say, you know. Uh, so anyway, yeah. okay, well, that's good to know. So when are we going to get more music from you? Oh, I'm definitely working on music. I actually been doing some scoring work too. Like I, I, I scored a, um, Along with my team, I scored a TV project called the Mo, the Mo Show. Um, it's called Mo. The show is called Mo. It's okay. a Netflix. Pro- but I am working on some uh, album project that I, I'm not working on it right now because I'm right. I'm in this play. But as soon as I finish, I'll be start. I'll start recording more. Did you start? Did you get? Did you? I think I know the answer to this. But was your first big hit in music or acting? music it was in music but i wasn't i haven't been like one of those artists that you would hear on the radio all right, the time right 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 so my 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 hit was like kind of just what i the impact that i made with the music and on the culture but my, one of my biggest songs was called the light and that's when i knew things was changing because um it was a love song and i started seeing young girl singing my song and I was like oh this is different and a couple of radio but I never was that radio artist you know right 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 so so then I would find people who would see me in films and be like wait you you do music too which is cool I don't mind mind that so that's a listen being able to do I mean like the EGOT is and that's that's a man to know that like only 17 people on the planet have I know. ever done that. That's a that's an amazing thing in itself. Like everybody who's done that, I gotta salute them. Is first. it in your mind as you're on Broadway? I mean, is well, it Well for me, really, I have to like I have to focus on this work. Like, yeah, the, yeah, like yeah. the the most important thing to me is like delivering the like the work. Yeah, and then yeah. to me, after you do the work, whatever comes from that, yes. you you grateful. Well, then you like, have the right attitude. You're grateful, you like the right yeah. attitude. Well, are you single these days? Um, I got a partner. A you have a partner? partner? Yes, life partner. She's here. She's in. She's from Chicago, but she lives both places, Chicago and L.A. She lives in Chicago and L.A.? Yeah. Okay, but daddy's in New York. Yeah, but I mean, I move around. We okay. got to We gotta work. We got to, I'm, I'm able to move. You know, we okay. got to make it happen. Okay, like, we got to be nimble. Yeah, we got to yes. be nimble because she has a career. I got a yeah. career, so okay. we got to be nimble. I mean, you're not going to get a ton of women hitting on you at that Equinox you go to. No, exactly. <laughs> so, <laughs> so. Was I the first guy that's hit on you at that Equinox in LA or are they? No. 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 I mean, no. no. It was, right. I mean, you know, that yeah. Equinox is, is it's, open. It's, it's like, pretty gay. <laughs> yes. Yes. I love so it. Definitely one the first. Yeah. Okay. Good. All right. I'm feeling better as I settle into this interview. But but what's funny is I think I'm. Um, I just was like, yo, you said I look good in L.A. I was like, hey, I look good in L.A. Yes. <laughs> yes. Right, I'll exactly. take it. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Oh my God. The good news is it made me get in touch with the person that I thought you were. Yeah. Oh yeah. I texted him. I go, you're never gonna believe what just happened. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um. I bet anyway. you. Do we even look alike? Yes, 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 you do.
Yes, you do. <laughs> yes, I promise. Um, I want to play some co-star word association with you. I'm going to okay. throw out a name of a co-star, and um, just tell me the first thing that comes to your mind. Okay. Uh, Regina Hall. Super funny, raw. Denzel. King. John Legend. One of the most talented. Melissa McCarthy. Super cool, cooler than I knew she would be. Mindy Kaling. Oh, so funny, so smart. Mark Ruffalo. Man, super talented, pure. Um, Mary J. One of my favorites. I'm always inspired. Tina Fey. Uh, the One of the coolest I ever worked with. SJP. Oh, she was smart and in tune. In tune? Yeah. I like that. Uh, Tiffany Haddish. Funny, wild, out there. Funny, wild, out there. I love it. <laughs> and soulful. Yeah, and soulful. By the way, where do you keep uh, where do you keep your Oscar? Um, is he in Brooklyn or is he in L.A. or is he's he in, in Chicago? He, he's in L.A. right now. Um, and, yeah, he's in L.A. But, you know, I used to have him where I lived in L.A., like where I would see the Oscar sometimes, and then I would just be like, okay, I don't need to see this Oscar every day because it's, it's, you know. But then some days I'm like, wow, I got an Oscar in my house. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I right. can't believe this. But right now he's in L.A. Right now he's in L.A. Yeah. Right now. Right now. Um, are you looking for other theater work now that you've caught the bug? I do want to do more theater work. I'm looking. I'm, I'm hoping, you know, like after this play, I could find another play that I want to do. You know, after I do this, the other work, the the, yes. the, 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 the you, you're, show. You're War. heading to London to yeah. shoot a show. Yeah, Wool. Yeah. Is, is, it's called Wool, and it's on. It's coming out on Apple in May. It's an incredible show, man. Who I'm, else is I'm, in I'm, it? Rebecca Ferguson, who's um incredible, talented woman who um is she's in Dune and she's been in Mission Impossible. Mm -hmm. Tim Robbins, you know, the mm. great Tim Robbins, is in it. And, he is. We love having Tim Robbins on the radio. He yeah. is such a good time. Yo, he is. Yes. Yo, he will speak the. I love yes, he being around. He will speak the truth. Yes, like, he will. And he don't hold back. No. I love his revolutionary mentality. I agree. Yeah. He is a truth bomb walking truth down the street. Point blank. Yes, he. He is. don't let you get away with any of that. Bull. That is true. That is very true. You are in head to toe camouflage today. I love it. Thank you. Yeah. This. I guess you know. I feel like kind of loose today. Usually. I've been, you know, working on this this play. I kind of stay in the mode of yeah. of what the character. I don't try to dress too much, but I'm coming to see you all. Nice. So I got I got to be all right. I got to be nice. Just a little cool. I like it. Well, common you look good in New York, too. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate You're that. You're so welcome. Yeah. Uh, thanks so much for hanging out with us, Common. Great to see you Thank always. You I'll see me, you man. at Equinox. We're going to be right back with Cameron Crowe on Andy Cohen, Steve and Shallow. This episode is brought to you by AARP. 18 years from tonight, Grant Gill will become a comedy legend when he totally kills it at his improv class's graduation performance. Knees will be slapped. Hilarity will ensue. That's why he's already keeping himself in shape and razor sharp today with wellness tips and tools from AARP to help make sure his health lives as long as he does. Because the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Learn more at aarp.org slash healthy living. You like to watch new stuff, right? Well, go to Hulu and see what's new, because Hulu has new stuff all the time. 
Like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump, where first-class luxury meets world-class drama. A new season of The Kardashians starring The Kardashians, of course. And Grand Cayman, Secrets in Paradise, the sizzling new reality show set in the tropical Caribbean. It's all new and it's streaming now on Hulu. Cameron Crowe is a fucking legend. Almost Famous is a perfect movie. And you wrote it, you directed it, and you now are bringing it to Broadway. And if ever, Cameron Crowe, there is an idea that is uh, brilliant, it is Almost Famous, the musical for Broadway. I can't wait. I'm so excited. You wrote the book. I did. You wrote the lyrics for the new songs? With Tom Kitt. Wow. a maestro. Wow. Let me just say, I'm really happy to be here. I'm a big U fan. Thank you. Yes. That's it very kind. It must be said. Wow. Well, that's very it kind. It must be said. Um, you, uh, a new song right there. What, what, why do you think this will work as a Broadway show? Almost Famous is, of course, your autobiographical story of your time at 15 years old when you left your home in California? Mm-hmm. San Diego. San San Diego and went to be a writer for Rolling Stone magazine, a true story. And you find love and life on the road, basically. True, true. Why why will this work as a musical? Andy, a lot of it <clears throat> was uh kind of following my mom's instinct because mm-hmm. she was a big theater person in our family. Played and, by Frances McDormand in the film brilliantly. Yes, she and my mom is classic and Frances is classic, so that was a marriage. We loved yeah. the two the two of them working together and almost famous basically, but she she said like, you know, one day you should do a theater thing, you know, and and try that out because she had seen Streetcar Named Desire, you know, in 1947 with Brando here, yeah. so that was bubbling in our family. But I never thought I would be involved in something like that. What happened was Almost Famous has this kind of bubble of interest that's just grown over the years and people music fans have always wanted to talk about it and feel that they got immersed in the movie and i thought you know if we could do that in a theater situation where it's a live theater version and you get that feeling that you got from the movie let's try it out so we have i wish i could go tomorrow night i'm gonna go i'm going immediately uh tell me this you were 15 you literally were a reporter for rolling stone what was your your favorite um, do you have a favorite interview you did? Definitely. Joni Mitchell. Really? I loved Joni Mitchell, grew up loving Joni Mitchell, and she did not do interviews. Yeah. And then there was uh, a period of time where she put out her album with Charles Mingus and decided, like, oh, well, I'm going to do an interview. Okay. So all of the rock journalists were just like, after this yeah. interview, who's going to get it? And she... Uh, said I, I picked this 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 young guy who's written about people that I admire and uh, I will do my interview with him. So she picked you. She picked me. Wow. And it was Andy the best interview. It was like one of her albums. It was just raw and beautiful. Wow. By far the best interview I did. It, what was your least favorite? Well, or hardest. There was only one. Most of the bands were just so grateful that somebody knew their music. Uh-huh. But there was one guy, probably shouldn't mention his name. You could probably force me to do it. Okay. Um, th- Tell me just... about it and I'm going to guess. Okay. So he, uh, I arrived to do his big Rolling Stone interview and he said, wait a minute, how old are you? And I said, I'm 17. He said, you are too young to grasp the complete spectrum of my music. And I thought he was joking, right? But he had his buddies around, and they were chuckling, and it was it was kind of degrading. 
And um, Dylan. No, no, okay. Bob Dylan, amazing. Neil Young. No, Neil Young's the best. Was not. It was not Bowie. No, Bowie. That's something we could talk about for sure. Bowie really? was. A, a, Bowie really invited me in for a year and a oh, half. Oh, oh, Robert Plant. No, it's 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 <laughs> it's somebody that you probably wouldn't think of, but okay. recently was inducted into the Hall of Fame. Okay, we could play this game for a long time. Yeah, we could. Just tell me. Um, Steve Miller. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay, not surprised whatsoever. That kind of tracks with everything that I've. I know people yeah. that really have a great relationship with him, but uh, right. we didn't vibe. Right, we did not vibe. <laughs> you didn't vibe. Did you interview other? You know, it's interesting. I mean, we think about that era, and we're talking about all men. Yeah. And you talk about Joni being your favorite. Yeah. Were there other women that you interviewed during that time that that stick out at you? Bonnie Raitt. Bonnie Raitt. Fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Um, boy. Yeah. Just. Was was the movie pretty you, you talk about your mom being an amazing, you know, influence and an amazing p role, you know, role model in your life. Was the movie pretty accurate about her reaction to you going out and hitting the road and yeah. you were so you're 15 years old, so you're in ninth grade when you leave to go write for Rolling Stone? Well, she had skipped me, Andy, because she she was a very um Progressive, progressive teacher, great, yeah. and always teaching. And she okay. just felt you know, it was a line. It's a line in the play, actually. And one of her favorite lines um, was, "Nothing happens in the fifth grade, maybe fractions." So she just skipped me right through fifth grade. Yeah, and I gotta say, she's right. Right, put me in kindergarten when I was five. Yeah, and allowed me to forget that I was, you know, younger than everybody else. So the the whole thing in the movie of you're really eleven is true. Yeah. And Frances McDormand caught that totally. The whole vibe of my mother, with the, the idealistic, I'm going to rush you through the educational system and take you only the highlights, but it leaves you like 15, younger than everybody, already graduating high school. Nobody wants to go to the dance with you. You knock on the door and Black Sabbath lets you in. Wow. <laughs> and that's kind of what happened. Amazing. Anika Larson, who plays my mom's character in the play, catches the the kind of hilarious loneliness that my mom faced when I actually did leave because yeah. uh, I was the last kid to leave. Yeah. Um, oh, wow. Did you, enter, did you ever interview uh, Jerry Garcia? I did. Tell me. It was, um, it's funny that you mentioned that because I just went back and revisited that interview. Do you have them all on tape? I do. Wow. I keep everything. I'm a pack rat. What are you going to do with those? I cover them, them somewhere. For, you know what? Do you a know. podcast of the Cameron Crowe Rolling Stone It'd interviews. Let me tell you about Jerry Garcia. Okay, but let me tell you that you need to do this Oof. podcast. Okay, Andy. Okay? I'm, you're you not got it. Let's trade. The, Let's honestly, trade. this is a really good... <laughs> Yeah. I'll send you the Jerry Garcia interview. Yeah, I want to hear he it. He really just gave me a tremendous interview in an afternoon, like in San Francisco. And, and I wasn't even the huge dead fan right. of all time, but he was like, let me lay it all out for you. Here's who I am. We're, here's where the band is going. Here's the monetization of rock that's coming around the corner. It was wow. like, Jerry Garcia, really? whoa. Really? Yeah, tremendous. Wow. That's amazing. I think if you listen, like you're such a great conversationalist, you you're you you engage people in a back and forth, and uh, some reporters, I guess, don't do that. Yeah, it becomes kind of an interrogation. Yeah, and I just listened. Yeah, yeah. That's the that's the most important thing. You know, that's the most important thing. Was there anything else? 
what what other creative liberty did you take in the film Almost Famous and musical that is absolutely not as it happened in your life? Is there something else well, you can point to for to a big fan of the movie? Like, look, I just need to let you know this didn't happen. Boy, that's a tremendous question. It's true in other stuff I've done. Right. I don't think it's true about Almost Famous. Really? I think that was our, our ruler. Um, wow. You know, it, did it really happen? Uh-huh. Yes, it happened. There's a scene in the movie and the play where I'm basically trashed because, you know, I've, I've, I've lost, you know, my story, et cetera. And I run into my sister, who, who is a stewardess, and I, I happen to run into her, and she kind of saves me and takes me and home. Is that true? Happened. That happened? I wouldn't have written it. Your sister was a flight yes, attendant. Yes, and she looks like a popsicle, yes. which, she, which is in the play. Right. But, it, but it's like, yes, it was at my absolute lowest. What airport did you run into her? San Francisco Airport, because no the Allman Brothers had kind she of- she took you. I want to cry thinking of that it was, scene. Andy, That's it amazing. was amazing. She, she did look like a popsicle, and she walked by with her friends, and she- she was like, is that my brother? That's my brother. Wow. Cameron, you look terrible. Bravo. You know, she right. was she was like, wow. let me let me take let me you take to a more you. real place in your life. I also read um originally Brad Pitt was gonna be in the movie. Yeah. He was gonna play the Philip Seymour Hoffman part? No. no. Interesting idea. He though. was gonna he, play the Billy Crudo part. The Billy Crudo of part. course. And Meryl Streep was approached to play yeah. your mom. Yes. Boy, that would have been a great. Yeah. Yeah, but, but listen, for once, you got yeah, yeah. It, it, it worked shook yes. out to be the way it was. What happened with Pitt? Was wh- why did he drop out of the movie? Do you know? You know, it was earlier in his career, yeah. and I got to tell you this: we worked for about four months, and he. It's a tough part, the Billy yeah. Crudup part, because you're you're a little bit of a villain, but you're a person that has a big life lesson, and you you end the movie with a love of music. So it's a tough little part, but the thing was. Brad Pitt was so funny, and I don't know if he knew the 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 weapon that he had mm. at that point with his humor, which right. you see now all yes, the time. Yes, of course. But I got to tell you this. There was one line as we were working through the part that he said, and I, I think it's the most I've ever laughed in my entire life. I was on the floor gasping really? for breath, and he's looking at me like, what did I do? And I was like, nothing. You're just funny. And it, the line was... Your mom kind of freaked me out. Right. And freaking Brad Pitt hit really? that. That was like the funniest thing that had ever happened. So that was a glimpse of all that would right. once upon a time in Hollywood come, you know. But wait, why did he drop out again? I think he just never was able to wrap his <laughs> oh, arms okay. around it. But check this out. After the movie came out, yeah, he showed up in our office and he came and he sat down and he said, I, uh, I just had to make the decision I, I, I made, but like... Uh, Wow. <laughs> yeah. By the way, I mean, that's a decision that you may maybe wind up regretting. I don't know. I mean, he right. had a lot of great stuff that he did. It was yeah, kind of right. Billy Crudup's part. Yeah. I, Billy I Crudup was amazing. He was Billy amazing. Crudup was a, took was... six weeks to learn how to play guitar like wow. that. Wow. I got to tell you one thing. Peter Still Frampton, waters run deep. Peter Frampton gave him the greatest little piece of advice on how to play a rock star, okay. guitarist. Yeah, he said, "Just look up sometimes, like the gods are summoning you as you're playing. You'll you'll be authentic." <laughs> That's so Frampton. Isn't that great? That is so Frampton. So Fast Times at Richmond High. You 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 wrote it. Uh, how long did that take you to write? A year and a half. How did you cast? Were you involved in the casting? Every bit of it. Yeah. Yes, um, and. Everyone was unknown at that time. Yeah, they they uh, the great thing was 
that they let me be involved in every aspect of it. Like wow. every day on the set, every day, you know? Right. And it was amazing. They were all up and comers because Andy, there was no teen movie genre yeah. at wow. the time. So all of these people, like Matthew Broderick. 82, so this is, wait a minute. We couldn't even find room for Matthew Broderick. That's, they were all looking wait, for did Matthew, a job. Did Matthew audition yes. for Fast Times? I think he made himself available. Right. Um, and wow. Scott Bayo, you know, like they really? were all there. Did and, Scott um, Bayo read for Fast Times? Uh, yes. For what I part? I think he did for Brad Hamilton, the Judge oh, Reinhold wow. part. Wow. Nick Cage, then Nick Coppola, also was a front runner for the yeah. Brad Hamilton part, and he ended up being like a cook in the kitchen. But Sean Penn really took the whole movie by storm. Yeah, you know, and he was a complete unknown. He just on the force of personality and McConaughey. Yeah, it's uh, he was around. He was around. Um, that, and so in 1982, I guess that was just when the John Hughes movies were. If Matthew made himself available, then I have to assume it was like around the time of pre. maybe War Games or pre. Yes, before. Wow. Before. Wow. There was Fast Times came out and was really the pariah at yeah. the studio. They just did not want to put the movie out. They really? pulled the release down right before it was supposed to come out saying, well, the, they'll only like this in California because of the surfer kid. But what happened was it caught fire as soon as it came out and they never caught up with theaters. So Fast Times became known, like Almost Famous, on video. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we used to watch it every week on, on VHS. I mean, we rented it constantly. John Hughes was then doing the vac a vacation movie okay. for National Lampoon. Yep. Some, some that National yep. Lampoon thing. So he was around. And when Fast Times came out and got, got all this attention but didn't have the theaters... He showed up, I know, and said, let me make some high school movies that you really can capitalize on. Right. So he kind of rode it. in on Amy Heckerling's yeah. juice there. Wow. Did um, that annoy you? No. no. We, we were in the same building. Right. And I remember he was the first guy I ever knew that had a, a personal computer that he was writing wow. on. And it was this huge thing, thing. called a display yeah. writer. Wow. So there was one late night where we were the only two people left in the building. And he was like, you want to see my computer? And I was like, sure, John Hughes. And so right. I went to his office and it was, you know, it was like a Stanley Kubrick movie right. where he wrote his scripts. But a cool guy. Wow. Um, you, you, then Fast Times was a TV series, which I Briefly. forgot about. Yeah. And did you write that? No. You didn't. Were no. you involved in it? Not really. No. No. I, I said, okay. Amy was involved in it. I've never was that a one season deal? Yeah, I, I just never wanted to pick up the flag and wave, you know, wave it after something that that had worked in yeah. any way. Until Theor almost famous, really, right. it was the only thing. Right. Like I've never done a sequel or anything like that. You never have. What What is the? Has, by the way, in theory, the idea of a Fast Times TV series. Ain't a bad idea. You established True. all these great characters. I mean, there's certainly a thousand directions you could go. Yeah. Probably would have been better if it was today and they you said we made a movie and now we're doing it on Netflix as a series because we can do anything we want. Absolutely. So a CBS series, I would have to imagine, would be creatively stifled I, in terms of what you want to do. Yes. That being said, Square Pegs was a was a big show for me, and that was yeah. edgy in its time. You're correct as a TV show. I just don't think they wanted a, a, a 
guy smoking pot. <laughs> yeah. Um, on, yeah. Right. Exactly. The, uh, yeah. They couldn't. Yes. Comedy. No. They, they absolutely could not handle. But that. yes, today. Yeah. We're doing it. <laughs> what do you What do you think the um, What do you think it is about your relationship with Tom Cruise that has led to such a positive collaboration? He, he we're talking Vanilla Sky. We're talking Jerry Maguire. Yeah. Yeah. He is the director's friend. Uh-huh. He is not one of these guys that takes over the movie and says, it's going to happen like this right. because I know. That's the- interesting because I feel like some people might think. All my friends, all my friends before I even, I had met Tom Cruise briefly because he had passed through the Fast Times experience. He knew some of those actors. So yeah. he came through, you know, total charisma in the day before yeah. we all knew that. Yeah, yeah. But the thing is, he he says, I know, I know every aspect of filmmaking, but I cannot direct myself. So yeah. if you're directing me, you know, you got the wheel, man, and I trust you. So make your movie. And and that's why every director that's worked with Tom is ready to do it again. That's amazing. He does not, he honors you, the director, as the, the leader of the experience. Do you feel you have a better understanding of Scientology after working with him? <laughs> no, for real. I don't know. We never talked about it. You didn't. I've, I've worked with some actors that I know were Scientologists and they're completely prepared. They yeah. do not try and indoctrinate anybody that I've right. ever seen. And I just find them fun. I mean, yeah. they're maybe that's just a coincidence. Yeah. But what it is is um there's there's a positivity mm-hmm. I've found in them and maybe that's just because they feel centered. Right. Well, that's his whole thing. Yeah. Right? I mean, he's, I mean, I think of, it's funny, you're here in New York doing the Almost Famous and, uh, you know, the most famous scene in Vanilla Sky, of course, is when you shut down <sighs> Times Square. Yeah. And, you know, being in New York during COVID, I was taking long bike, I would, I would smoke some pot and get on my bike during the day wow. and ride around. And it was like Vanilla Sky in New York City. I mean, it was, Sounds it like was fun. so wild. It was <laughs> Unfortunately, fun. the it context was unf- is Yeah, the context weird. was horrible. Yeah. But it was, but that must have been an incredible uh, time for you shooting in the middle of Times Square with time, Tom it, Cruise. It was. It all shut down. It was. He, he went to the mayor's office with Don Lee, the producer, wow. and kind of stuck up for me as a director because I guess... Somebody had gotten intel that I did a lot of takes, which, oh, really? you know, I don't oh, know where so it came funny. from. I mean, I don't do that many takes, yeah, right. maybe a few. But um, they they basically said, okay, we'll give you Times Square early on this Sunday morning, but you better be rehearsed because this guy is a cowboy with his takes. Wow. They come back to me and tell me that. And I said, I'm not that person. <laughs> so we rehearsed and rehearsed. And this is Tom. Yeah. Every day after a long day, he's like, get, let's get the crane out, man. Let's practice for the Times Square And where shop. did you practice? Just like a student, wherever you were? Dumbo or wherever right. we were. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the day came. And what time we were was prepared. it shut down? Um, From when to when? Well, it was timed so that when the sun, you had the yes. Light. So as soon as it was all locked down, you know, they the only thing that was CGI uh, was a couple of the barricades way down, like six yeah. or seven blocks. So we get there; it's still dark. The sun starts to come up. We like had the crane up. We did it. He 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 like did the scene just like take seven, and we were done. And we still right. had an hour left. Wow. So we took some pictures of 
like you know the James Dean shot where he's in Times Square, like yeah. huddled up. We, yes. we d- duplicated that yeah. with Tom, and then Tom said the most classic Tom Cruise thing of all: "I'll just run for you." And he ran back and forth on empty Times Square, and we're going, "Yeah, we're going to use that for yeah. sure." And then, uh, then we're like, "We we got it." And right. Andy, I think a minute and a half was all it took for all of Times Square to come back. Wow! It was just like, whoosh, and by the back. way. That's New York City. And everybody coming in could give a shit totally. about Tom Cruise or anything. And that's the brilliance of New York City. Except for one guy okay. who was the cab driver who picked me up to go back to the hotel. I love it. And he, he was like, ah, they closed Times Square yeah. for Tom Cruise. Yep. I'm like, yeah, they sure did. Yeah, yeah. He goes, you know, they'd only do that for one other person. Who? I know who. He goes, Billy Joel. There you go. Cameron Crowe, so fun talking to you. You too, Andy. Uh, come back anytime. That's all for this week's show. To hear more, you can listen to us weekdays on Radio Andy or Sirius XM. We'll see you back here next week.